Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It is Friday the 13th. It is Greg Hughes' birthday. <laughs> it's been kind of a dark, heavy week with the weather yes. here in Utah mm. and the news. So thank you for bringing some sunshine and some joy to our Friday, Greg Hughes. Thank you. Happy thank birthday. You. Thanks for being born. Very, and we have some nice uh, cheesecake, pumpkin, uh, what is it? What's it called? Pumpkin spice cake. Pumpkin, oh, pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice cake. It's been very good. Mara, thank you for the You're welcome. showering me with birthday cakes and birthday uh, cards. I, yeah. It's an embarrassment of riches. Here. It <laughs> well, really is. I, I I never knew I was so cared for. I'm just glad that Mara is the great team mom because I thought about getting you a cake today, and then I was like, you know what? I could either like take a your shower, senses. or I, can, like, <laughs> I could like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm just, just not as organized as Mara. So Mara, you're the best of all the friends here. So thanks oh, for yeah, celebrating sure. Greg for us today. Sure, he's worth celebrating. So, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Or do you have big plans today aside from hanging out with so, us? So, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to, Queen Bee, Krista and I, we're going to migrate down south. Although I'm going to hit all Just this. Just the two of you? Yeah, I'm going to hit all this traffic, though, for this stupid oh, eclipse. Oh, you are. I, They've the, been oh, warning be us about this. I will guy on I-15 going to Ridgefield. that has no interest in this eclipse. Why and are I'm you gonna going? Be stuck. You need to change your plans and go to Lava Hot Springs. Mm, go I, north. I already did go this north. whole Airbnb thing. It's already booked. Go I'm, north. I can't do it. I got to, I got to, I'm in. And I'm golfing, so. Mm. Which you is are my going to gift. spend That's what you're giving yourself. your Don't, whole time no. in traffic. I got to get there. T- I'll get there tonight sometime. Yes, you will. Okay. Yeah, and you'll be relaxed. Well, we better get on with the business of <laughs> the day I'll then. Be, it'll be and, a relaxing um, Mara tells us about her family all the time, and mm. I met another one of her brothers today, yes. um, one of the famous brothers, Claiborne Elder. If yeah. you watch HBO's Gilded Age or have been on Broadway, you've seen him. He's fun. Good he job having fun. a fun brother. He's a nice guy. He's yeah. kind of a big deal. Yeah. He's kind of famous, I right? Have, I yeah. have fun siblings. Yeah. I, have, I have very fun siblings. I'm so, lucky. I'm waiting for Greg to bring some family members in. Yeah. I'd like to meet them, too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, that won't be Hollywood stars, <laughs> you know, Broadway stars, and I don't know. Your, what was your other brother that came on? He was some kind of big yeah. brain yeah, therapist a, or something. Yeah. He has some. He's got bona fides too. I'm I'm bona fide white trash. We got we got. You know, I we think just you're gotta, classy, Greg. You yeah. got to talk nice you're to super yourself. Classy. No, we don't have all that. She's got. She's got. Uh, so it's not your birthday, Mara. What's going on pedigree. in your life? Anything that we need to know about? You know, um, my brother's in town for a little performance, and my other brother from San Antonio came in too. So awesome. I have a little. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a little weekend, and then to finish my really exciting, sexy weekend, I'm driving to Page, Arizona, for an mm. energy conference on Monday. Okay, I mean, but it'll be good. That's super responsible of you. Yeah, I feel like it okay. is. Okay, how long's the drive to Page? Five hours. All right. According to my maps. All right. Yeah, it'll Could be, be worse. It'll be not so bad. Yeah. And get your eclipse glasses while you can. I'm saying that I haven't even gotten mine yet, I but either. I would like to be able to go outside, and I don't want Do a you have president a trumpet game during the eclipse. 
You know, we do have a soccer game, and it probably is during the eclipse, so I'll have to, like, that might that be out. cool when it gets all dark that on the might field be really and ominous. Cool. I know. I should know what time the eclipse is coming, because we've talked about it on the news every single day for the last few weeks. I don't weeks, know either. Is don't it, it's know in time. the morning, right? Yeah. So, well, well, why does everybody have to go down to Richfield while I'm trying to get to St. George? Because why is then this it will be thing? the perfect centered spot. Like if you look at up here in Salt Lake County, never I think cover the, ring, po- totally. the ring will be kind of lopsided right. instead of like a perfect little ring I'll of fire. I'll give a shout out to the Draper City Council. The last Utah eclipse, I was, I was sitting in a Draper City Council meeting. They stopped the meeting. They had glasses for all of us. We Cute. walked outside. Get out. Like, that, w- that was that's my Draper. That's Draper. That's my town. Well, they did a nice job. I don't know. It was probably, what, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But Yeah, I can't remember how long it is, but I thought I saved my glasses, and I was looking for them, and I'm like, I don't know what I would have done with them, but apparently they expire after three years anyways. Really? Whether they really expire, I don't know. It'll it's really a racket. burn it's a, your retinas it's out. It's an eclipse yeah. glass so they racket. Just, they just want to make more money. So this time I'm buying them, and I'm saving them. Wow. Even if How, it's when I'm 90? Is it every decade? I mean, it's not close together, right? I should well, know this. I want you, I want you and our listeners to know, if they listen to this in time, that you can go to Home Depot. And <laughs> Lowe's you go has in them. the self-check area. How okay. much are they? $2.50. What? That's yep. not bad. The planetarium has them for cheap, too, if you're downtown. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd local. This so there we in. go. All right. It's on one of my friends. He wrote that. Does it say like the time? It's a big deal. Did he tell you the time? He wrote that at 1.10, two hours That's ago. That's not what I'm asking. Okay, well... Okay, Let's well, I want to talk about... Oh, no, he says cl- Eclipse starts around 9 a.m. Oh, thank you. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Get your glasses at Home Depot. Um, we're going to get to Israel and Hamas in just a minute. Uh, we need to talk about Utah AG Sean Reyes, who's in the spotlight this week. Uh, Utah lawmakers getting ready for the legislative session with some big bills. But because I'm looking at what's happening on Capitol Hill, we still do not have a speaker. So I want to start there. I thought they had a done deal. It looked like Scalise was going to have the votes, and then he didn't. And now, in the last 15 minutes, it looks like the former speaker says that Jim Jordan has the votes. I don't know what the Mm -mm. actual numbers are and whether it's going to happen, but I just want them to grow up, get it done, and get the business of the nation going. Because November 17th is the day that they have to have a deal on the budget and the continuing resolution, or then... We've got a government you know, shutdown. You know, Heidi, this is the, the media is not reporting how these speaker I elections the are going media. on. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, but, but look, it's, if you haven't been to one, maybe look. If you get a majority of your caucus to vote for you, you can argue I won. Okay, yeah, but you need a majority of the whole house. If you don't have two hundred and seventeen votes right now, and that's more than fifty percent plus one of your caucus. But if you don't have two seventeen, you don't have a speaker. They have to get two hundred and seventeen votes. So right now, Jim Jordan has won the majority. Of his of his uh, caucus, but I think it's like 134. He's not even close to 200. He's in the same position Scalise is, and they Correct. keep and they keep reporting it as though it's victory. I had a glimmer of hope a couple of hours ago when this uh, representative Scott. Austin Scott from Georgia. He's been in since 2011. Okay, and he came up and said. I'm tired of this. I didn't plan this this morning, but I think I'm going to do it. And goes on to express in plain language how embarrassed he is that they don't get their act together. And I thought, oh, there's maybe this moment where this person none of us know walks in. It's going to yeah. rise from the ashes. And just says, fine, I'm, I'm, I'm not a player in terms of inter-caucus politics. And I thought, oh, maybe people will agree that... He is the right answer. He was a McCarthy mm-hmm. guy, but he seems to, I mean, he's been in long enough, right? 2011. Oh. And he went nowhere because they And let's remember, a McCarthy guy represents all but eight yeah, of exactly. the Republicans in exactly. the House. So it, being a McCarthy guy was like the super, nobody's even gotten what McCarthy had by way of votes. Um, so the, he received 81 votes. Right. Okay. Uh, Jim Jordan received 124 
Tell me how you're getting to 217. Well, and that, we're still, we're noted, still so that's far away. lower than Scalise and Jordan in the last round, right? I yep. mean, that's sort of less yep. consensus, not more. It's ridiculous. And I will, yep. and I, it's killing the Republicans. It's, it, well, the country. Just I, I just think well, it's it, absolutely, it, that, that's true. I think it's an absolute disgrace that this is happening this way. I, I, I can tell you that caucus politics, even if it's Utah level versus you at the United States level, these are how human beings treat each other in a caucus. Okay. You can get, you can wrangle on issues. You can do a lot, but you got to find common ground on issues. Perfect cannot be the enemy of good, but the, the way this is going and the eight members of the, of, of this narrow majority who refuse to entertain any concept, but the one that they want, it has just brought that house to a complete standstill. And it's they're still pushing back i mean you and now you're getting these emotions and again not on i would argue you're going to have some uh republicans that were voted in districts where they voted for biden and i said this back when this when they ousted mccarthy that you're gonna have a hard time getting those members of congress those republicans to vote for jim jordan but and it's and it's showing up today that that's exactly what the problem they have but at the end of the day they're gonna have to you're, they're going to have to come together, and you you hear some of the narratives out there like, "Well, we can't reward bad behavior. We can't give. We can't vote for who Matt Gates wants because then Matt Gates wins in the worst way by way of process that someone could win." And so you're getting into these it, these these disagreements really are less and less about policy and more and more about how these people are not getting along with one another Stop. or treating each other. None of this is about policy. And what I, I didn't think we're running out of sort of hyperbole to discuss it because what happened last week was unimaginable. And then to have an entire week go by and have <laughs> it not remedied. With what's is, going on in this is world. beyond, I mean, it really is, we're at the undescribable level. It's weird to me that there isn't like a clear choice too, because no matter where you're at, if you're in a group of friends or if you're in a high school or you're at work, I feel like there's clear leaders who sort of rise to the top. And even if they haven't been elected the leader, they sort of are the one who leads. And I'm like, who is that? I obviously don't hang out in the house. I don't know who it is, but I would think that there would be those clear leaders that would rise to the top anyways. And you could be like, okay, this is our guy or this is our girl. We've got them and let's do it. I'm a little, um, I I'm a, a little worried about something that I wouldn't have even thought was a possibility, which is the body moving to someone outside the body. And I don't think they should. I, I know it's legal, but I don't know that I think it's a good idea. Jeffries has put out a coalition government concept out there. He's put out, and I don't hate that because that's within the body still. Oh, I see what right? you're saying. I mean, that's, oh, you that's mean outside the body, like not even a member of the House of Representatives. Yeah. Right? And, so, and so I think if I were a moderate or even just normal at this point, I would try and build the coalition. Um, you'd have to do it carefully because you'd have to leave out the far left, really. I mean, you couldn't use it with too many brokering points. It would have to be, certainly we have 217 freely elected members of the House of Representatives that want to convene themselves. I mean, that would be what I'd offer. I'd say, listen, I'm not deal-making here. Yeah. I'm just offering that we be able to convene ourselves with a speaker and, and it's disappointing that that isn't enough of a rallying cry without some major swapping. And, and last week I was pretty harsh on our Washington delegation. And I know that they're try they would vote. They'd vote. If you could get a co, if you could yeah. find a coalescing around anyone right now, the, the getting a speaker back on the, that dais is absolutely critical. And so they're, but I can tell you that, that if I were in my first, second, third term, even in the house here, and we were trying to find caucus votes, if you're meeting with people, and by the way, by statistics, you cannot agree with the people that you serve with on every vote, on every on every issue. You're yeah. going to have disagreements all the time. There's going to be robust debate all the time. 
But you got to look at how nothing's going on. And look what we have in front of us. And we have to get going. You got to have reasons to, then to proactively whip votes. They should have as many people who have the common belief that we have got to get to 217. Yeah. They should all be on one page doing a buddy system. Okay. Take the 100 you have here. Go find someone to add to your number. Just one each. Do something. Like, don't give it, leave it to leadership. Don't leave it for candidates that are pitching their case. I agree. Go coalesce the body 217. Needs to take over. They do. They have to do it. And we, I, I think that's just natural. I think that would, that should happen. And I, but once again, we not, have a body that's going to go home for the weekend. And I am a little bit I, I, I am. Now. Yeah. I think that's, I think it's pretty, pretty pathetic. And the thing is, with everything going on in the world, I feel like this is something solvable mm-hmm. because there's so many right. things that seem sort of out of our grasp right now, which I think is what's been weighing me down right now. I've been watching um, the terror attacks from Hamas on last Saturday and now the Israel Hamas war. And I see how big that is and think you know is this a solvable problem and i look at our problems we have here at home and i'm like we can't get this figured out this is not that hard yeah no we're not serious right now right our our things are all petty there are issues that you're looking at i mean the request from israel to evacuate 1.1 million people is intense it's it i'll tell you what though it's humane because you know sadly the israelis weren't given any notice when the slaughter began but they're saying we're coming in this is war we're not going to let this happen you need to leave if this isn't your guy if this government you elected and this and what's happened you don't want to own you got to get out but i think there's a profound i think i'm watching this this week a profound miss people do not understand that this is not a western culture and these cultures are so different that death is not what i consider it i mean I believe in an afterlife, but I don't embrace death. I don't consider martyrdom a, a you know, dying at the hands of someone else, something that's going to enhance my life or my, my eternal existence going forward. You have a culture here that is not a Western culture who they are just not afraid to die. In fact, if they die at the hands of Israel, there is something greater about them and their legacy and their family and everything else. They're not leaving because they're not, a, they, they're not afraid. And they think the Western civilized world will be too afraid to do what they're saying they're going to do. And they're playing the Western, you know, the Western ways against them. And they, you're saying, look, if I die, it makes, it's better for me. And that's, that's just cultural difference. It's just not, I mean, they're, they're just seeing things from completely different perspectives. I feel like that's way too broad of a sweep. No, of, it's, it's all of true. a large religion. And I think you're speaking to I'm talking to Gaza. I'm, no, I'm talking Gaza and Palestine. No, that's know, what I'm talking about. I know, but I think most Palestinians are, are victims of... I think you have to the, separate Hamas from no, Palestinians. I don't. I don't. I do. I'm, I'm seeing videos of these kids. The first words they're learning are, are kill Jews. I mean, you hear these kids and you see how, how pervasive... I think there are families like that that are raised like that. And well, absolutely. It's there, so pervasive in the culture. every culture who are raised like that there's always people who are selling well, ask prejudice. yourself why why but, doesn't egypt let them in why doesn't jordan let these they, they're they don't want they they want conflict they want this this war they don't I want to they've been you're they've speaking been, of a very small no, group I'm not, of people that, but, but mara they were elected hamas is the government they're they've yeah. they've had that place to themselves ago since 2005 election 2005 what's happened there they haven't. They haven't approved anything. They haven't made it. They, this. They are still only interested in attacking Israel. That's all they're about. And if that's your government and that's what you are, and you don't agree with it, then you better get out. Because I don't know how you deal with it otherwise. When they use hospitals and and schools as their bases, because they know they're going to use them as human shields, and you got to protect yourself. I mean, it. We've seen what war looks like in human history. You can't. There's no surgical thing to do here. 
it's going to get leveled. And I don't know how you can even protect yourself if you don't when you're Israel and you're surrounded and now Hezbollah from the north is coming in. And now, you know, for the first time in how long you got Saudi Arabia talking to Iran. I mean, they don't they don't speak on any regular basis. Now they're starting to talk. I am really worried, especially when you bring Iran into this. I just think this thing so we is, don't is know pretty if, dangerous. We don't know if Iran is coming in, to be clear. I mean, there are no intelligence reports. I just They I think, have blocked think, their six billion. They I, have done that. Right. So they, they I, do believe they're and they've indicated, belief that they've, they've probably indicated that they have Hamas. supported. Yeah. There was also a belief that we should go to war. <laughs> and that was wrong. So I'm just saying we have no intelligence and, and we're not great at reading things that aren't ours. And and I and again, there is no version of the world where what Hamas did is okay. Like I'm I'm not But how do you res- I don't know how you want to respond. You just want to just say we really hate that? I mean, what do you do? They no, they I penetrate mean, that wall in eighty places. And for the first time they came back. Usually it's a one way trip. They, they went in and just slaughtered people, slaughtered women and children and babies. Okay, they came back safely. That's new, okay? What do you want to do about that? What are we okay with? I mean, we cannot be okay with this. Israel, I'm not looking to go over there for, as America, but America, Israel has every right in the world to, to protect themselves as they are surrounded, and I don't see some polite way of ha- making that happen. I don't. I think the most shocking thing of this is you're watching from afar, and none of us, I think, are going to understand the complete nuance of what happens there. I've been... a a student myself for most of my life since I can remember since I was like in junior high studying the Holocaust and World War II and the Zionist movement from Europe into Jerusalem. And even with as much as I've studied, I don't understand. But I think the thing that's hard to grasp is like man's inhumanity to man. When you see what happened originally with Hamas to Israel, when you're trying to figure out how does Israel defend itself? How do you get these um, victims back who may or may not still be alive? So I think there's all these questions. And I think the hardest thing for me is watching people here at home in the U.S. say really, really anti-Semitic, just like flat out, yeah, kill them things. Because we've been hearing over the last couple of years that there's a rise in anti-Semitism in our country. And I didn't think that was real. I Not that I didn't think it was real. There's always people who hate, but I'm surprised at the level of hate. And some of the people who work even for large university systems, uh, who are flat out saying, yes, I agree. kill the Jews, which is yeah, sort we've of- We've had a rise in anti-Semitism shocking. since 2016. And yeah. I do think, we were talking about this at our house, that it is interesting when- Something happens in Israel, how there is a very, very small contingent of anti-Semitic Americans who do something with, um, with anti-Semitic in America. Like it's this very, it's a reason. Um, and, and we've seen that in, in Utah. I mean, all, all the temples now have fully staffed police um, watching, particularly mm-hmm. on the Sabbath, particularly on Saturdays. And you're seeing a rise in threats. And you're seeing bomb threats particularly being uh, threatened. And I don't think any have carried out, but it is it is a rise in this notion and this sort of what we saw in the 30s and 40s of a fascist way of, of, of approaching things. And I say that in a political science way. And I do think we should be concerned about, in America particularly, how we are us and theming them more than ever. And, and yeah. you see it in all different well, levels. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I thought was, was a demonstration of this is in Harvard, you had 30 student groups who came together who wanted to lay the, the entire Hamas attack at the feet of Israel and it being Israel's fault. Nobody, people were appalled, even near media, people were just shocked by, by this sentiment. 
But then you had this uh, billionaire um, hedge fund guy who's who put out a statement and says, "I want every single name of every student because I don't want I don't want anyone who thinks what happened made a moral equivalency between the slaughter of children and babies, and thinks that that's somehow Israel's fault. I don't want them working for me." And for the companies and the CEOs that have contacted me, we're going to make sure that those names of those people that feel that way do not come into the workplace and, and, and be. And so all of a sudden, guess what? Then you saw the recoil. You had people say, well, I didn't know my group was going to sign that. I didn't actually talk about that. I don't believe that. I'm going to resign from this board. I'm going to get off of this board. They started to recoil. So as soon as they felt a negative consequence, this activism or these protests had a very different tone. Then they said, well, he's harassing them. Well, if they feel unsafe, go over there to Israel right now and see how safe you feel. Go to go to go to Gaza, see how safe you feel. You can't make statements like this without it having some horrific consequence. And I'm telling you, you got to call this stuff out, even if it's from lofty Harvard, wherever it's happening. We have got to call it out. It's not right. It, you, no one can make a moral equivalency over the slaughter that happened to that. I agree, Greg, and I agree that we need to call out terrorist organizations and we need to call out that part of Hamas. But there is a bit of Islamophobia too when you start talking about <laughs> that, groups of people. Someday you can talk about that, and we can talk about in the no, moment. No, We're I'm in the event going to of this slaughter right now from the terrorist organizations. Yeah, well, I'm always going to separate it. You, well, I they think don't, it they don't have that dis- luxury there. I there are innocent Utah families who are Palestinian. They're innocent are stuck Palestinians in Gaza, yeah. who are living there, who yeah. are impoverished. But there's no sentiment that anybody's. There's no, one, no one's targeting a, a, the the palace people that are Greg, defending them are the ones that are making you, you to feel not, defensive nobody's out targeting them you that's keep, not a Greg, islamophobia I'm to be you as talk, mad but i'm just saying in your you must have been very happy with biden because biden unequivocally I was happy at that. I want that. That's America's position. It's not Bernie Sanders. It's not AOCs. It's not the squads. It's not Talib. Did you see in Dearborn, Michigan? They said push them from the from the river to the sea. I think it's your point of view. Us and them. There's. I couldn't see. There's there's not a more stark us and them. I'm not. I'm against. Let me just say this. I'm against beheading babies. That's it. Like if you're the ones doing it, I'm against you. Okay. I don't care who you are. I'm against it. And if you're the people doing it, and you've been talking about it forever, and you went and you did this. You've got my full venom because I'm against it and I can't tolerate it and I won't stomach it. I won't try to rationalize it. I'm not going to try and qualify it. It's wrong on every level. And sadly, uh, the number of people that have been killed by way of its population in Israel, when we had 3,000 people on 9-11 killed, okay, that equivalent to Israel's population would be over 40,000 people is its equivalent what were, who were killed and slaughtered by that Hamas attack, okay? We didn't start... We started turning places into ashtrays for what happened there without apology, without pause. What if they attack America, we can do this, but if it's somewhere else, we can't. We cannot let that kind of evil continue. Although I think we, we can't, back, we have to stop. No it. one disagrees Strength with your passion speech, Craig. Weak, nobody, big beats small. Nobody disagrees That's human history. with your big headline passion speech. I was just hoping for a little big more headline passion complicated is, is demeaning the, the message but it is yeah. that simple of a message so it where, isn't, no it one isn't, disagrees with it Greg. it's not be, it's not hyperbolic it's, it's i'm not telling you interesting it is no one disagrees with it so, oh really yeah then the people that are saying push the jews from the river to the sea that in dearborn michigan right now do you think they disagree with it of course they do do you think bernie sanders who's saying that israel's committing war crimes on 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 uh, the gaza right now do you think he disagrees with this yeah, he's he's defending Hamas and Palestine, you know, the Gaza Strip right now, and and not 
condemning full-throated condemnation of what they did. So how do you dig a layer deeper, Mara? I mean, I just think one where we should outline the position of you, you presented it. Um, we're supporting Israel's actions right now because we're in a war and there's the war action. But what's the greater question of how do we stop these centuries old conflicts? I mean, there are, and now is not the time, just like Israel has said, now is not the time to ask us why our security was breached. Now is not the time to dig into it. And now is the time for Israel. And Israel has taken an aggressive stance, as aggressive as we've ever seen, in which they have event- they have said, if you are a member of Hamas, we don't expect that you'll ever be able to rise again because we are going to systematically hunt you down yep. and kill you all. Yep. And, and that's been their position, and the United States has supported that position. Yes. But I think Hamas the sophisticated level is hard. to to say we could care less about collateral damage. I refuse to be someone who says I, can't I could care less I, I, I didn't about say I, collateral I damage. I don't say I care less. And, I'm saying and you I can't just let think it stop that there are people. We know that Gaza has undue poverty. We know that they have lack of mobility. We know that they are collateral damage by and large. And so I'm just saying, and I think the Israelis, frankly, are sophisticated enough. I think they're more sophisticated than the Americans are about saying, well, how can we do this without? But they are taking extreme measure. I'm not saying it's not justified, yeah. but to pretend it's not extreme measure is also incredibly I'm not naive. I'm saying, I'm saying it's and justified measure. You are, but it's an extreme measure. And I in just, extreme times. And I just think that at this point, and, and we're doing what we do in America, we immediately, if you watched if you watched Anthony Blinken on the Sunday shows, he started out saying, we're not sure who else is involved. By the end of the day, we had decided that Iran was behind it. Well, that makes no sense because then you're putting two kinds of, you know, Muslims against each other. And the odds are that's not where the money is. The odds are the money's in Russia. So I'm just saying, let's not just be very American about it, which is to okay. say, so Islam is a culture we don't relate to. So I mean, I'm, I'm going to go one, I'm going to go one layer deeper. I'm going to have a different conversation now. Okay. I ran across Sky Network, Sky TV, a British news, you know, okay. And one of their, their correspondents is there at the, what do they call it? The, um, uh, one of, it's not, it's a kaputz, the, the, the area where they yeah. came in and they, they killed everyone. And this guy he was interviewing was the Israeli, uh, he was the head of defense. And he was, it's his job every single day in that area to defend that area. And they lost. I mean, he's, he lost men. He lost, he did not prevail in that attack. And he's walking the journalist through what had happened. Uh, and, and they're walking through the apartments and stuff. And he said, we hired Palestinians on our, on our, our defense detail. We lived in this community together. We, had, we, were, we were trying to live harmoniously together. I've given money to people that were in need that, I, that, that we weren't seeing each other as Palestinians and Jews. He says, but now... He says, everything has changed now. And he says, if, it's, if, it, if I'm left to defending my children or their children, I'm defending my own children. And that is, the, that is, the, that is what's so tr- absolutely tragic, Mar, because what you're talking about, the, I think there were real efforts. I mean, real efforts to, to do and to, and to live amongst each other as you're describing. And that's gone now. That is gone. And that is... I think it's a. Tra- I think it is tragic. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't take. I don't think it's a great. I don't celebrate it. I'm just saying there's no way to face evil like that, but to go after it as harsh as as, as Israel's going to do. I think it's absolutely 
the I guess the problem is them. that people worried about now is that there are innocent civilians on both sides, and there will be Palestinians who obviously sub- support Hamas and think like them, but there's plenty who don't or just are caught in the system of living there or poor. And, I mean, they've got a million people there who've been without food or water. I mean, they still have food at home. I don't know that they have Mormon food storage in their you know, <laughs> basement kind of thing like here. So they've had stuff, so they probably haven't run out. But, I mean— that's a lot of people that are having to leave their homes. Are they going to be able to come Which back? Which is Hamas's and when? fault. So the good news is, is Israel, I think, is being careful in trying to be careful. But, I mean, there will be, and there already has been, loss of life that nobody wants to see on both sides now. So yeah. how it ends, I don't know. But it just it just hurts your heart watching it because I think we all want to figure it out and solve it. Which, I mean, we're not going to do, obviously. This has been going on for a long time. But this terrorist attack, I think, was... And how to come to the U.S. didn't know. I guess that's part of the question, too. We say that we have yeah, I, look, so I'm, much intelligence. You, yeah. uh, when there is, when it's appropriate, just like, I guess, the United States looking at intelligence failures and everything with 9-11, it blows my mind that this was able to happen the way it did. And Israel knows it's been, it's, it's, it's been invaded how many times just in, you know, in the, ninth, what, 20th century. And, I mean, just, and, and now, I mean, I just, there's not, it's not like this sh- it should have been a surprise in any way. How this happened, there are real questions to understand how in the world Israel became so vulnerable so quickly. Um, anyway, those, those questions need to be explored, but I just think it's a, it's a different, we live in a different time now after that attack than we lived before it. And another reason why Congress should probably pull itself together, because um, as much as the president usually makes decision of war and agreeing to be in wars we probably need a congress that's actually an acting body if they're going to try to participate i don't know we don't know what the u.s is going to do i feel like you have deep thoughts on your mind mara no i mean i i the good news is um we have an ongoing re, uh financial relationship with israel yeah and so the executive branch could continue that i mean america and israel are so intertwined that uh, at least if Congress continues to be irresponsible, I think that the executive branch will have the means to give them the military extra support if they need it. But right now, in many ways, because of America, Israel is in the position to defend themselves yeah. and go on the offensive. Yeah, and, it's, and that's, I mean, people have asked me, do you think America should go in? Absolutely not. I just think Israel has every right to defend Well, I'm just itself. talking about yeah. supporting yeah. Israel like we have. I'm not yeah, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not countering We're what you're saying. We're their largest I'm not arguing with you. Uh, this, is a, this, is a, this is an agreed upon moment. For us right Ugh, now. We're having I know. a moment. I, unfortunately, I think this is something we're going to be talking about for probably weeks to come. Who knows how long this will last. And it'll be interesting to see how long this stays in the news cycle because we look at Ukraine where people were wanting to know every single detail at first. And then at some point it starts to burden your mind if it's not your life. And then people kind of move on and get frustrated by it. So, yeah. We live in a complicated world, guys. Well, back home in Utah, this is um, a far different thing that's happening. We were talking about the Tim Ballard accusations last week. Uh, They seem to mount by the day, if not by the day, every few days. There's a new lawsuit now from a husband and wife who have similar claims uh, to the first couple of women about spiritual manipulation, sexual assaults, and... um, The Attorney General, while he has answered a few questions, I don't think he's been as forthright as a lot of people would like to understand because they've had a relationship pretty much since he was appointed in 2013. It was the same time that A.G. Sean Reyes was appointed by Governor Herbert that Tim Ballard kind of started up Operation Underground. And so now there's questions coming as to whether we should be appointing our attorneys general so that if there's problems, maybe we could swap them out 
Or is that just the same problem because you've got someone else choosing instead of the people? What do you think, Mara? Yeah, I'm not. I'm for an independent attorneys general. I think there are 43 states that have it. It's really hard to take that position when you've had a couple of bad actors. In our case, mm-hmm. we've had three in a row who <laughs> sort of haven't done the right thing. But for all of those, you know, members of the House and Senate that are saying, U.S. or state House and Senate that are saying, oh my gosh, they should take the power back because look at how much it's abused. I'm like, oh, take a look in the mirror, my friends. If they want to show me their <laughs> own body and want to show me their lack of judgment, including during COVID, in which we had confidence schemes during COVID in which we spent a lot of money on people yeah. we shouldn't have. So I am a strong believer that the executive branch should not be the ones who are doing the state's legal business because every once in a while you need the tension of an independent elected legal officer. Now I get the rationale. I, I, it's not that it's a, it's a dumb, I, I don't think it's a dumb idea is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to go, oh, that's silly. I just really like to have an independently elected legal branch just in case The executive branch needs that check on themselves. It's already a check on the legislative branch. Now, the reason it's hard to take that is the last two or three attorneys general, unfortunately, have had some confidence and trust problems. And so it's like, yeah, I can see where someone would look and say, for whatever reason. Now, what this does once again say to Utahns is... Maybe you all should look at your people you're electing a little bit harder. Maybe you shouldn't yeah. just see if they have a Republican behind their name. Maybe, well, that's not the I'm, problem Well, here. I'm not saying even don't elect a Republican, but I feel like that's where the due diligence stops. Yeah. And so maybe you should not only, I, I'll stipulate statewide that you're going to elect a Republican, but maybe you should look at which Republican you're electing. And maybe we shouldn't be so headline focused in which, you know, Sean Reyes has been seeking headlines. His his that's sort of who he is, and we've become so lazy as voters that we're like, oh, I know that guy, and um, and so we've had some bad behavior from a lot of attorneys general. But I would not be on the team that says to not have an independently elected person to look after the legal affairs and the number of times where the attorney general has correctly walled off the legislative branch and the executive branch. I would say there were more times even under this current administration in which they were investigating incidences that never came to light because they went to the end of that investigation. But it was really important that the legal teams that were operating on behalf of the state could just wall off the executive branch and wall off the legislative branch to look into potential um, inquiries. So I agree with Mara, and that's the philosophical. I I concur with everything she's saying, okay? Because she's she's going to, I, I already ate the cake. You can't take it back. So you, as know. you look at me right now <laughs> no, and you no, want to no. punch me in the gut and make me throw up my cake, I'm not going to throw it up. I'm, I already ate it. I ate a good piece of it. You might not give me the rest, but you can't take it back. So I agree with you. For purposes of I'd like to take that cake with me. No, um, no here's, here's, but I'll give you a political answer to this. Every time the legislature uh, gets frustrated with an attorney general, um, and there's there are times where that happens, uh, this, this is not a new conversation about whether – you should appoint versus elect your attorney general. But that's all it is. It's a way to slap back. It's a way to put it in the press. It's a way yeah. to for the legislative branch to express its open um, dissatisfaction with the attorney general. So you don't it think they're serious it, about well, it? Well, even if they were... I think it would take a constitutional amendment. That means you would have to you would have to go to the people and say, would you like to stop voting for the attorney general and let the governor pick them from now on? And I just don't think that practically the people would ever give up a right to vote. 
their conscience for conscience for a for a candidate, even the attorney general. I I don't think it'll ever get that far. I never think I don't think it'd be one of those issues that you got two thirds majority in the House and Senate and then put it on the ballot in an even numbered year. And and the people would say, yeah, please take that that election away from us. We'd like you to go. So ahead you think and take that when Governor Cox told Daniel Woodruff yesterday that he felt like it was a better model, you feel like it's more of a threat than a, I, I think. A it, promise? I, I think it's an honest, probably assessment that he he thinks it's probably a better model that he appoint, like he does other positions. But practically speaking, I don't think he he believes. If you were to ask him if he could get that through, I I think that's a high hill to climb. But it's a way to say, I'm not happy. With the yeah. attorney general we have, I am not satisfied. And and on this issue, this has become Sean Reyes's brand to the point you point you point out over a decade. This operation Underground Railroad and Tim Ballard has been Attorney General Sean Reyes's brand for a very very long time, and he has and and it may have started with good intentions. Well, know, who who's sides, for who uh, human tra- the trafficking of children? We don't. None of us are for this. It seems like a bulletproof brand to embrace, right? Well. Fast forward, and now you're seeing things come out. It's not a comfortable brand to have right now. And I think that's where I think people are frustrated. And then I think if, if I'm playing, you know, Monday morning quarterback, I think that the attorney general, knowing this has been his brand for so long, should have been out early with something. Um, but refusing to answer questions right now is not the best look. Uh, that's not, I think, what is going to carry the day. I don't think that's what's going to be allowed to be to stand, that you're just not going to talk the about it. The most interesting conversation I felt like the articles of this last week alluded to, and I'm going to, you know, out Senator McHale here. He, he well articulated in the article, mm-hmm. and I think he was just pushing back. I, I totally do. agree. I'm not, actually, I'm not actually disagreeing with what McHale said. But the reporter said something interesting, which was McHale happens to be a licensed attorney. And he said, well, why don't you run against him? And McHale was like, no, nah, I'm good. But <laughs> what it brings up that's interesting is if you're unhappy, maybe we should have more choices at the ballot. We're uh, we're yeah. coming into an election season. You don't even have to wait a long time. No, and like, January is this and, filing day. And so yeah. I think having more choice, even I will even stipulate that it's having more Republicans to choose from. Um, let's have more choices. Let's I think dig that's a little coming. deeper. My prediction is that's coming. And, and even the criticism about appointing versus electing, I think is just making the ground fertile for, I think, some challenges that will be coming to Sean Reyes for a re-election. I, think, I don't think that's going to be a, a cakewalk. Yeah. So. And the thing is, is, if you're appointed by the governor or whoever you're appointed by, then who's to say you're not doing their bidding, which isn't what you know the people's right. work is either. Well, it's an interesting thing that we're criticizing the person who was appointed, and the criticism is maybe he should be appointed. And yeah. I'm like, well, I think this That's how he started, was right? Appointed. Yes, yeah, he, he was, was appointed. appointed. <laughs> so he was obviously checked out Good before. Point. <laughs> Good point. Is it because men get power and then it goes to their heads? Maybe we just need a woman in charge. Uh, see, that... that we should stipulate in the mm. Constitution that the Attorney General should be female. <laughs> Jan Graham was a great Attorney General. What's her name ran against him this uh, last time around? Um, I've just lost her name. Um, I can't remember. I think she didn't have as much experience. Well, this wouldn't be a good sign if you I can't know, remember that's his na- her name. I know, yeah. that's rude of me. Yeah, I can't um, that's the problem, I guess, is that even once you're appointed, you're, you, be, you become a name brand. It's, and such, it's, easy it's, to it's such an odd race because who, who contributes to that race? Uh, people that have business in front of the attorney general Money. or could be uh, at risk of being investigated. Like I, the, the, the don the donor pool for mm-hmm. attorney general is an odd one. I think at times, mm-hmm. I think it's why it's not probably a I high profile, high information yeah. race. Cause the money raise is probably hard to probably raise a it. lot of picks and packs, right? People yeah. who uh-huh. are interested in the legal environment. Every, re- I know this about Republican attorney generals. I don't know how the Democrats do it, but they have like a national yeah. attorney general pack and associate yeah. and they raise money even nationally for, 
a Republican attorney general. So there's that source, and that's probably they probably lean on that at least in Utah because I just don't see a ton of traditional donors really getting involved in that race like they would a U.S. Senate race or a governor's race or, or some of these yeah. other statewide races we have. Um, lightning round because we're running out okay. of time. I know we've talked about this before, but I just wanted to mention in some of the interim committee sessions, uh, lawmakers are talking about a road rage bill and making that a priority bill moving up into January. We've discussed whether this is a good idea and if you can legislate people or make a law into them not having road rage. I don't know how to fix that. I feel like the internet broke us a long time ago. But um, Greg, is this a bill that we should make happen? Do we need some repercussions if you're a jerk on the road, or do we? What just makes need you a jerk? Is it your hand signals? Is it that you cut them off? I mean, I, I just would hope there's enough. Break checking someone speeding 150 miles an hour. Yeah. So that was interesting. The that road. something I learned yeah. about it is the the bill sponsor said, um, Andrew, what? A senator questioned its efficacy. Yeah. And actually, the sponsor really smartly pushed back and said that as far as he could see and led research could see, there was actually no um, definition of road rage. And so even if perhaps we put into place yeah. how Utah is going to define road rage and the associated penalty for that. So I didn't realize there is there is no legal definition of it. Yeah. And maybe that is the place to start is well, by defining it. I, and I, think what there's, I think what penalties. it is is if you were to co- follow someone too closely – because you're mad at them, right? They, they won't let you pass. You're just riding their bumper. You're honking. I think there's a penalty for that. If you were to cut around them and cut them off, I think there would be reckless driving there. I think there's what what amounts to what you do in your road rage that you could pull yeah. someone over for and ticket them for. But it's not an for. additional. This would be like an, kind of like reckless driving is when you reach a certain speed. Prior to that, it's speed. So like right? if, I'm, so, if I'm not paying attention and I, I'm reckless versus I'm just mad and I'm, and I'm reckless, there's, yeah. a diff- there's an enhancement. So I think that's what they're trying to crack. One thing that was interesting is there was sort of an absolute guarantee that they would have a bill ready and ready to go to committee. Where, where it goes from there, but I do think one thing that has come out in the press is that the families really have appreciated that there will be a bill we we got to the specific drafting point i I think it's hard to get in people's head to determine what was done out of anger which was done out of stupidity and everything else but i will say this i heard once some of these laws like the hov uh lane that you're only supposed to be in if you have one more than one person or if you have the the little yeah thing that i have so but it's really hard to enforce right but the penalties i think 400 bucks so what they're saying is they're saying, look, the penalty is draconian and like the, the cost is so high and yeah. they do try. There's like, they do it at yeah. like exits, like four South. I noticed there's an exit where they'll check to see if you either have more than one person or if you have right. it, but there, there's already an acknowledgement that it's not perfectly enforced. Like we can capture, get everybody that's not following it, but the existence of the law should have a chilling effect on, and its penalty should have a chilling effect on breaking that law. So maybe the existence yeah. of a road and rage. As you know, I'm a little cynic, it, a cynical about it, that deterrent notion. So I am one of those that's a little cynical to it. But I have to say, after reading it, I'm like, yeah, no, I want to see a bill drafted. There, there might be something to defining and enhancing the penalty. And I think starting the conversation, if nothing else, it's is meaningful. important because mm-hmm. we've had a couple really egregious cases. And I think sometimes just talking and people seeing those stories and seeing someone who they think is probably their neighbor, who's a nice guy who plays outside with his kids, who had some momentary lapse of judgment and threw his life away, you know, mm-hmm. and ends up killing a couple of people on the road, maybe it's enough to make people stop and be like, is this worth it? You and know, the, And the frustration of these families to see no direct legal remedy, I can't imagine what you must feel like when you're like, wait a minute, this isn't even a described breaking of the law. I mean, to Greg's point, it was probably a description of a combination of yeah. speeding and ta- whatever those mm-hmm. laws, but we don't have defined road rage. Yeah. 
I would just suggest that we all just check ourselves a little and just be a little nicer. I mean, what good does it do you to like make somebody mad on the road? Because you're putting your own life. I've, at risk I've, too. Yeah, I'll just no sense. come clean on this podcast. Like, I've, 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 I've gotten mad at people, and when someone gives yeah. me the burden, I feel it's totally unjustified. Yeah. It does, uh, it does bring out something in me where I do react. I don't think I go to that extra level, but I feel it. Oh no, I, I, I actually, I, I will. I actually say, will give a salutation I, back. I I'm be- the opposite. Oh really? I've never flipped anybody off, but I will say you are. So, <laughs> I haven't. You, oh. I haven't. Like on the road or in oh. life. I verbally in life. said horrible things. Never. I'm not. That, wow. Flipping off is not my thing. I, I insult you verbally. Well, I have I felt like I've you. been. So you've managed other ways to I, flip me off than more, by using oh, the finger 100%. because I have felt. Flipped off oh, by yeah. you many I, times. I agree with that. I was being literal. literal. My memory, I would have I said it was the say, finger. If it wasn't the finger, the podcast, you did it some other way. The left hand lane is a passing lane. Correct. It doesn't matter what your speed is. Exactly it's a right, passing folks. lane. That My European cousins were visiting this <laughs> summer the and truth. they were super upset by that it's because a passing in Europe, lane. you get in, you get out, and get yeah. over. Yeah, they were super. It's frustrated. a passing lane. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how fast you're going. It's a passing lane. If I'm paying extra to be in that HOV lane and I'm getting passed on the right in the free lane, there's something wrong here. Okay. Um, CD2 race really quickly. There was a poll, not like a huge um, one of the Hinkley Des News polls, but there was a poll that came out because they always do a poll before they have a debate mm-hmm. uh, to see who can be in it. I think 10% is the line that you have to meet if you're going to be in the debate. Uh, two people will be in it, uh, Kathleen Reby and Celeste Malloy. And the numbers were a little bit surprising, Mara. Yeah, I'm also going to give a shout out to the methodology and equal it to the Deseret News poll because the methodology was as equal. It's from Lighthouse Research. They surveyed 529 registered voters in CD2 um, and it just came out they did it from September 26th to October 16th so hot off the press super it's surprising not October 16th yet or, sorry 14th. October 6th yeah okay. 6th I left out that I don't have my glasses on um, so Greg he's like it's my birthday and I know, I know the date is. today Kathleen Reby was at 34% Celeste Malloy was at 42 40, let's say mm-hmm. 43 and that's closer than I thought. But then yeah. what makes it weirder is the Green Party guy got almost six and nine percent was the undecided. But if we say that green tends to be left of center, mm-hmm, which you would be correct, let's add the Green Party and Kath, uh, Senator Reby's numbers and you're neck and you're, you're within, within the margin, the margin of, error. of error. Yes. That's interesting. Amazing. Yeah, and that's a pretty impressive that, number for someone, a name that's not like a name brand. And that right? election is the week of oh, Thanksgiving. Okay, I yeah. need the to Tuesday correct myself. before the Thursday. I'm, I'm lying again. You I'm are? giving you bad info. Brad Green, who is a libertarian. Libertarian. Ah, see, I lied. Oh, Brad, you said that Green Party. Sense. His name I is did. Green. Oh, Brad Green. Brad I actually Green. know this guy. I know Brad well, Green. He is getting, he's actually from Iron he's County. He's getting 5.68%, almost 6%. So that takes from Celeste's side. Never mind, forget uh, it. Celeste Malloy's side. That makes so much more sense. Not a Green Party. It's Brad Green. The libertarian. <laughs> At least I corrected myself. Yeah. Sorry about that. But sorry, those, Brad. Sorry, Brad. Way to go at six percent. Yes. But interesting, just you know that we we may elect someone under the fifty percent line. Yeah. Again. Again. It'll be interesting. If you're in CD2, pay attention to the race because uh, it is going to sneak up on us when it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I think that's where the mail-in ballots help, though, when they're sitting on your countertop. For it'll sure. make you think about it, and you'll have a few yeah. weeks to go over it. So take part in it. And we have to end on a happy note because we need some good news. I feel like we've had some downers of an end for the yeah. podcast, and you had some great news for us, Mara. A 
billionaire a went billionaire. to heaven. So I won't give the whole That's thing. That's not the but good news. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, I, won't, I won't go through the whole thing, but go read the story. His name is Charles Feeney, F-E-E-N-E-Y. So that's how you're going to Google search 92. this. 92 years old. During the course of his life, he did the duty-free shops, and he ended up in the course of his life uh, bringing in almost $8 billion in personal wealth. In his 50s, he woke up with like seven um, houses and jet-setting life and thought, I am not meaningful and I'm not... Do-. So before it was cool, before Bill Gates and even Warren Buffett, he decided he was going to go back to his yeah. Irish Catholic roots. He was from, I think, New Jersey or New York. And he, in the course of his lifetime, successfully gave away all of his wealth. So in 2017, he formed this amazing nonprofit and they ran out of money a few years ago. And now I should be clear, he he kept money for food. And I think he gave yeah. each of his five kids some money, but not not they weren't all billionaires. Yeah, too they weren't all. It wasn't incredible wealth. He he rented a couple bedroom apartment with his wife at the end of life. And and what was more amazing about him is go read how anonymous his gifting. He has not one building named after him. He has nothing named after him. He went to incredible lengths. He had all of his bank accounts in overseas banks. So He's you, anti-Bill Gates. So, so you couldn't track his donations. He went to these elaborate Lengths Why didn't he to find be anonymous? Me? I could he could have helped me. Yeah, I could have done it great would be things so for him. Interesting to see Shoot. what kind of charity he thought I you know. were. I would have loved that. Yeah, what kind of disability? Well, did you hear how Bezos <laughs> gave like a, what was that? the guy he gave him a hundred million bucks? What's his name? You know who I'm talking about? The no. CNN commentator. No. Why did he give? You him know who money? I'm talking Why did about? He give him. Oh, um, what's his name? I don't know. Oh my gosh! I, I didn't know. He's I read had the story. It's a crazy story. They gave him a hundred million bucks. Why? To to change the world. He they thought he was brave and he was he was. This he's is a, a CNN commentator. He's a, yeah, he's a talking head. He was really strong in the in the Obama administration. Um, we don't need a hundred million. We could probably. What do you I think? Know. We could probably. That's split. what I when I Does saw it. I'm like, googling this because I want to know. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, I didn't know that was a thing. The, I think I could do something with this. We I could probably split what? ten million. Uh, Van Jones got yeah. hundred million. What? Van Jones? Yeah, hundred mil. This guy gets a hundred mil from Bezos, and he's like, "Go do right. good." Listeners, if you could put help me in us, that, I can. I, I promise you, I can do some really good things. Anyway, I'm going to go back to Charles Feeney. All right, sorry. I just I it was kind of in that vein. Well done, life lived. Charles Feeney. It was a courage and civility award. So, but. How great is that, though, yeah. that he just did good without wanting anything And he return. really didn't. It wasn't fake modesty. Yeah. He talked about how his quality of life went up as soon as he... And again, I think he did what he wanted to do. I'm not saying he lived as a pauper, but yeah, good for him. Life well lived. I do respect that. I do. There are some good people in the world. And honestly, I do have to say this. Every time something awful happens in the world, as much bad as there is, if you go back to the Mr. Rogers quote of, you know, to look for the people who are mm-hmm. doing good around you, there are a ton of good people. And I think... There's hopefully going to be a wave of goodness, but um, we I need wish, it. I wish we could just solve all the world's problems. Unfortunately, yep. they weigh heavy. So we if need it's something a that wave is weighing, of anonymous goodness too. We do. I don't. Yeah. I don't need self-aggrandizing yeah. goodness. And honestly, right now, the best we can do because most of us are not going to be able to create world peace. Be nicer on the road. Do something nice for your neighbors. That's a challenge for me. Text I'll your take Jewish that friends. Challenge. Make sure they're doing I'll okay. Take that I I brought you a birthday cake. I feel like I'm. <laughs> you feel like she's you checked that box. The day. You did. You're done. Right You're done. By the way, that wasn't very anonymous. I know we're on a podcast right now. You weren't that even. You didn't follow your good. own rule. I know, but Mara like I gave above you props for it, but now you had to just go ahead and you know spike the ball. It's Jeez. from Gourmandies, yeah. and they yes, they do a good job. They make they sure a sexy do. looking cake. Oh so my gosh, this, yeah. there's and it's not just one. We have some selection here. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your birthday with us, Greg. Thank you both of you. And thank you for it to be before the show began. 
one because I don't think I would have got that after the show, no, after I the one just segment. I shown it to you and walked out. Yes, I, I think you were right there. <laughs> and thank you and for uh, introducing me to your famous brother. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know when the story's coming on air. So yeah. it'll be fun. Now I have to actually, I haven't had Netflix until a few months ago. That was like a big thing. Like we're just, <laughs> I don't know, cheap at our house. We never wanted to pay for Netflix just to stick it to our kids. And I thought that I was going to be able to watch your brother's show on there. And I was super disappointed when I realized now I'm going to have to get HBO too because uh, I'm yeah. like, I got to watch it. No, so. bridge it's called fun. Max. Yeah, I know. That could good. be a whole show in and of itself. I just get so sick of all the streaming services now too. So anyhow, I will get off my soapbox. Thanks for hanging <laughs> out with us. Have a great weekend, everyone. 